Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We're just one week away from the live pick-by-pick draft of the Big Payback. Here we go. What y'all like? With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Live Friday, August 20, 2010. Broadcasting from headquarters at Red vs. Blue, Indianapolis. It's Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm your host, Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. And as always, I'm joined. I'm my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And, Mike, our local draft is tomorrow. I know you've been yearning for a title ever since you joined the league, and uh, I hear the buzzer meter is cranking full steam ahead tonight. Yeah, the buzzer meter is cranking up full steam ahead, but the one thing about it is, uh, first off, I want to thank everybody for joining us. And, uh, uh, yeah, buzzer meter is cranked up, but I'm looking at – I've done two mocks tonight. Uh, or today, and uh, man, it's it, it, it's a jumble of all kinds of stuff, Scott. Uh, I'm, once you get once you get through those first four picks, I mean, everything just is crazy. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I've had a lot of fun with the two mocks, and uh, I'm ready to uh, ready to come get you guys in the local uh, tomorrow night. All right. Well, the crew at the chat room here, Red versus Blue, is here in effect. Uh, comprised of some of the best minds in the world, high-stakes fantasy football. We're talking about leagues where guys are putting up 
500 a $1,000, $2,000 on average. We've got guys in the chat room that put up $5,000 in individual leagues. Uh, we've had guys on our, sh on our show, Mike, that put up $25,000 in a 12-man league. <laughs> I mean, the, the talent here is incredible at Red vs. Blue, so thanks, everybody, for joining us. We are streaming live on <clears throat> Blog Talk Radio. Excuse my voice tonight. FSC.FM at the Fantasy Sports Channel. Streaming live there. We're streaming live on iTunes Radio. Uh, we're everywhere you can find us. Uh, Red vs. Blue, thanks for everybody for listening. We've got a big show tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about strategies in fantasy football, strategies in team construction. I think it's overlooked um, by a lot of information sites out there, how you build your team. Obviously, there's good articles out there, but from a high-stakes perspective, how do you do it? We're going to look at risers and fallers in the drafts, the average draft position. We refer to that as ADP. Uh, where you can get guys, where you will get them by the time the Vegas drafts roll around. For those of you guys listening for the first time that are not players in the high-stakes community, the drafts are just a couple of weeks away. We actually get our drafts going. Uh, the main event drafts actually take place a couple of days after the draft, a day, uh, Friday and Saturday after the draft uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, so the Thursday games have already taken place. The Thursday game this year, as we all know, is the return of Brent Farr for his uh, final year, uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, against the New Orleans Saints. So we're going to learn a lot in that game, Mike. Let's talk about that uh, real quick as we start the show this evening. Brent Farr does return. Uh, the, the players went to get him in a, in a kind of last-ditch effort by the Vikings organization yeah. to get him in a camp, and he does it for the players rather than doing it for himself. Uh, Mike Brent Farr is a uh, top-ten fantasy quarterback, Every year he plays, just about. We can expect that again in that offense. What do you see for Brett Favre this year? Well, I see the same thing that he did last year. Uh, I see top top stuff. Uh, you know, a friend of mine was like, uh, well, why didn't you tell me Brett Favre was going to retire? This was like a month ago, and I was like, he's not. Uh, and, you know, the thing continues on about Brett Favre, Brett Favre, but uh, – and then I had another friend of mine go, well, if he's going to retire, I wish he would, would go ahead and retire. I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what. If I'm the Minnesota Vikings owner, who would you rather have quarterback in your team, Tavares Jackson, Sage Rosenfels, or Brett Favre? Now, you got to remember, they were that close. They were so close to going to the Super Bowl last year. So uh, Brett Favre is coming back, and I really don't see a – I don't see him coming, you know, doing any worse than what he did last year, which was pretty daggone good. Well, I don't think he can get much better than that. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, over 4,000 yards. Um, you know, that's a Brett Favre premium year right there. I mean, we could we could just as easily be back to a 20-interception type season for Brett Favre. You just never know with him what's going to happen. But what you can be guaranteed of is that he probably will represent value in these drafts coming up. I mean, the, the the type of value we're getting in drafts is ridiculous at quarterbacks anyway. So I want to talk about who this affects. Brett Favre, there's a lot of things going on with the Minnesota Vikings right now that I think we need to discuss. Sidney Rice, number one. Um, Sidney Rice has, you know, showed the world last year what type of player he is. Some sites recognize him as the most efficient wide receiver. When he was on the field, when he was thrown to, he did the most with it last year in 2009. That's coming from 
a highly respected source that I cannot divulge, uh, who, who puts out um, information every single year um, <clears throat> for subscribers. And, uh, you know, Sidney Rice going right now, you're getting him in the late fourth round in some of these drafts, early fifth because of this hip injury that he's still experiencing pain with. But, Mike, if he plays with Brett Favre back, it's a no-brainer. He's going to be a very elite weapon. So if you could get him, if he's ready to go by the time uh, it starts, you know, well, again, a lot of us will be have already seen Sidney Rice on Thursday night. So, so let's just play it out, Mike. Sidney Rice plays Thursday night. He gets five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. So he puts up a 19 spot. Where do you see him going in those Vegas drafts? And chat room, that's for you too. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 come and gone with Sidney Rice. Uh, actually, uh, I, I see Sidney Rice. Uh, you know, he's going to settle in right around uh, in the fifth round, in my opinion. Uh, he's going to settle in nicely. Uh, the one thing with uh, Brett Favre being there and uh, being solidified as the quarterback, it's going to hurt Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, it hurt him last year. It's going to hurt him again this year because Brett Favre loves to throw the ball. And, you know, I mean, they can say whatever they want to say, but Brett Favre calls uh, – he calls the shots versus uh, Chile. So, uh, Brett Favre is going to uh, do what Brett Favre wants to do. So, uh, I see uh, I see Sidney Rice's value go up. Uh, Percy Garvin, I'd like to touch on that here in a little bit. But uh, – and uh, – uh, Shianko and other receivers. I mean, other other run or other uh, receivers. They're gonna they're gonna go up in value. But AP, I, in my opinion, he may go down in value a little bit. All right. Well, you covered all the big names there. And uh, again, Sidney Rice. I see him going a late second, early third. Uh, same with one of the guests in the chat room. Uh, by the time if he puts up a five for ninety in the touchdown. Look, there's no reason why he shouldn't go in the late in the late second round. Uh, you know, you can always back him up if he if he re-injures or re-aggravates that hip uh, or something like that. Bernard Marion right now, I think, is the name you were reaching for, Mike. Again, he's a 14th rounder right now, but now with Brett Favre, I think you have to consider with the Percy Harvin injury, Bernard Marion becomes like a 10th rounder, maybe an eighth rounder, just skyrocketing up the boards. I think Barron is somebody that you will see start to skyrocket. I think Shanko is another name, Mike, you'll see skyrocket. Talk about Percy Harvin. You wanted to talk. Yes. Uh, the one thing about Percy Harvin, you talk about the migraines and this and that. Uh, you know, they're real. You know, I, I have somebody very close to me that uh, has to deal with migraines uh, as far as uh, vomiting on the field and uh, in practice and things like that. You know, I'm not sure that person that I know hasn't gone through it. But, uh, you know, you, you got to understand, he went through it and he lost two games last year. Are you going to take a wide receiver that you have to, you know, at at a very high spot in the draft that you have to bank on and then bingo, he's gone for a game or a game here or a game there because of migraines. Uh, it, it's a tough situation, so I have no interest in Percy Harvin myself uh, as a drafter. Well, again, with the price, though, that you can get on Bernard Barian, it's something to consider because who would step in for Percy Harvin if he goes out? It's Bernard Barian. So, you know, if you like what Percy Harvin brings to the table and his talent level is so awesome, so raw, go ahead and take him in the fourth round, late fourth, early fifth. Maybe even I think we'll start to see Percy Harvin slide into the mid-fifth, to be honest with you. 
mid fifth, maybe even early sixth. I mean, it, it could really happen for Percy Harvin where he just starts to fall because of this injury. And if that's the case, man, what a what a nice combo. You know, take a Percy Harvin, take a Bernard Marion later. And if you're if if if, if you if you know it's confirmed before game time, you'll be fine. Bernard put Bernard Berrien in the lineup, no doubt about it. But if for whatever reason, you know, it happens in the middle of a game or something like that, that that becomes a different story. Talk about Shanko too, because Shanko right now is going in the eighth round of, in ADPs in FFPC, where you get one and a half point per reception. He's going in the tenth round in the World Championship uh, of Fantasy Football uh, draft. So eighth, tenth price for a Shanko, Mike. For a tight end, you're waiting on a tight end while everybody else is spending a second and a third and a fourth. You get Shanko in the eighth, his stock has to start going up now into that into that sixth, seventh round. No doubt, Scott. And, you know, that's why uh, I've, I've held on to Shanko in a couple leagues uh, because of, uh, well, basically Brett Favre. Because his stock will continue to rise, and uh, and I just don't see it going any lower. And, that's what I'm coming full circle here now. Where does AP go? Where does AP fit in? Where does AP fit in? Because he's already shown that, you know, he can't score a lot of touchdowns. Uh, you know, so I, the offense is predicated by what Brett Favre wants. Okay, Mike, you got, the buzzer here. you got the buzzer here. Let me explain why, if I could rewind the clip just a second. You said he's proven he can't score a lot of touchdowns. Mike, how many touchdowns did Adrian Peterson have last year, sir? Not as many as he should have. Mike, he had he had 18 touchdowns. So that's a big number. It's a really big number. But... I, I hear what you're saying. The, the gist of what you're saying, he does. Okay. Well, he what I'm saying, well, what I'm saying, Scott, is it is that number good enough to take it one one? Eighteen touchdowns. Yeah. Well, what do you think? So, would you take Adrian Peterson ahead of uh, Ray Rice? Well, listen. Uh, now, now we're getting into just my personal opinion here. Uh, Adrian Peterson is a uh, is a player that you can't uh, you can't really fault except for his fumbling issues. He's a beast on the field. It, it is Brett Favre's team right now. We got to recognize that Brett Favre is is the one in charge here, and obviously he's taking it to Childress. But uh, you know, look, you've got you've got no 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 doubt no no qualms here with any of the top picks. You know, I I, I called it out to the chat room here. Maurice Jones-Drew, Chris Johnson, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, Ray Rice, Andre Johnson, they all look solid on paper. We don't know which one is going to bust. We know at least one will bust, but it's hard to turn them down. It's impossible to turn them down. If you have a sixth pick, you got to take them. You can't just, you know, not take a guy like that just because you know one of them's going to bust. You can't guess wrong. Let's move on, Mike. Um, let's move on to the, the Gore situation with Glenn Coffey retiring this week. Brian Westbrook comes to town and backs up Frank Gore. This is a situation where Brian Westbrook, in the twilight of his career, Mike, he is a reception monster uh, when he was healthy. But this is Frank Gore's team. Gore is a three-down back. Gore is a goal line. I think they will give Gore breathers with Brian Westbrook, obviously. Uh, but the impact of Westbrook is not is very marginal, in my opinion. Frank Gore is still 
in the discussion with the number four or number five pick, uh, number four, five, or six. He's right there in the middle of it. Uh, Brian Westbrook, Mike, what do you make of it? Yeah, I, you know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Frank Gore, yeah, I mean, he's uh, one of the top picks there. Uh, Westbrook, uh, he's going to be in the mix as well for uh, San Francisco. Uh, their uh, their MO is obviously their defense because, I mean, they that's what they're going to have to rely on. I think San Francisco has one of the best defenses uh, in all of football, and they're going to have to rely on that. Uh, and then when you turn it back on uh, on the uh, offensive side with uh, Alex Smith, uh, that's not much. But you know they they can make some things happen with uh, Crabtree. And then uh, the the deal is it's going to have to be quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, and then let Frank Gore Frank Gore just do what he needs to do. But as far as uh, backing uh, backing Frank Gore up, uh, Westbrook seems like the viable option. But that rookie has been. He's, he's showing a lot of things there. Well, Westbrook will get his chance to uh, be on a team, to contribute to a team, to, um, to to maybe guide some of the you know some of the other guys on the team to be a, a locker room presence, that type of thing. That is his area of contribution. But I'll tell you what, San Francisco has such an easy cakewalk schedule. You can see Frank Gore, and let me put it out to some of the guys in the chat room because there's some very good successful players out here. I'd like to see the answer in the chat room if you're following it. Um, on a live chat, <clears throat> San Francisco has such an easy schedule this year. I could see Frank Gore, first, second, third quarter, maybe shutting him down early because they've got such a nice lead on some of these. Look at the schedule. Seattle, Kansas City, oh, Oakland, Carolina, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Seattle. I mean, Frank Gore's going to roll. We know that. If, if Alex Smith and that defense, you know, the defense as well, Singletary's got that defense really rolling. I think they can start putting hurting on teams. I'm predicting an 11-win season for San Francisco this year. If that's the case, Mike, they could get into some situations where they're comfortably ahead in the third quarter, and, and now Westbrook has a chance. You can rest more because there's no reason to push it. Let's save him for next next week, put Westbrook out there, get him involved, and then you've got two guys ready to go into the playoffs. Uh, well, that's, that's one thing to consider. Scott, I agree and I disagree. Uh, I see San Francisco having a huge year, uh, 11 wins, maybe. Uh, will they ever be comfortably ahead? No way. No way. Not with that offense, uh, not with Alex Smith. They're always going to be in games, and that's going to always give Frank Gore the uh, possibilities and the chances. There is no way they're going to score 30 points just like that and blow a team away, even against the woeful uh, division that they're against. Uh, there is no way that's going to happen. So I see, uh, I see Frank Gore getting tons of chances, tons of uh, rushes, tons of uh, receptions and reception yards. And I mean, that, there's no way well, they're going to blow any out. Well, we know we know Gore is a, a special player. Let's let's talk about Vincent Jackson. Uh, he, he does have permission now to speak with the Seattle Seahawks. His agent is uh, it has been granted permission by the San Diego Chargers, so that's usually a prelude to a trade going down. Right now, Vincent Jackson is being drafted in the sixth or the seventh round, depending on the contest format you play in. Um, and if he gets signed in Seattle, obviously that will get a little bit taken off. But remember, he's still got that suspension for the first couple of weeks. So, again, it's not a situation that I'm looking forward to. Give me a Mike Wallace. You know, guys that I know are going to play, Pierre Garçon, 
Um, you know, these are guys that I know are going to play the full, you know, 16 games if healthy Jeremy Macklin. Uh, he's got a shoulder injury tonight. But, you know, Vincent Jackson in Seattle, it could be interesting for Hasselback considering uh, that offense is, you know, uh, getting a little old and up there with Tush Manzana. They've got Golden Tate. They've got John Carlson. They're getting ready to spread it out a little bit. Vincent Jackson could be a could be a nice presence in Seattle off the suspension, but I'm not quite sure where I'm going to settle him in yet, Mike. It's after it'll definitely be after the the John Knox, Pierre Garcon, uh, you know, area, and it'll be somewhere in the you know Robert Meacham, Derek Mason type area for me uh, when I'm trying to slide in Vincent Jackson. Well, would you uh, would you put Vincent Jackson in uh, before Michael Crabtree? No, no, come on now, come on, no. I've got we've got we've got Crabtree as a, as one of our red versus blue favorites here. He's going in the fourth round, early fifth. Crabtree is going to be a beast uh, to be reckoned with for sure in that offense. So, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I'm giving San Francisco a lot of love right now because uh, you know I I just uh, I grabbed Crabtree in a in a six-round mock today, and I was like, you know, you got to be kidding me. I mean, this guy's still still available. And uh, You got him in the, the sixth? Wow. Sixth round, yep. Well, we just saw that happen tonight in an FPC draft. Uh, it was really incredible. Uh, Baker Boy uh, just landed him in a, in a draft like that. So um, that's a nice nice spot to land, Michael Crabtree, for sure, with a guy that has uh, going to be, you know, competing with Vernon Davis for number one in targets. I think he will have more targets than Vernon Davis come the end of the year. Uh, with what we saw from Michael Crabtree, the sky's the limit for this kid. The questions all hinge on Alex Smith. Moving on, C.J. Spiller, 31-yard touchdown against the Indianapolis Colts. Mike, I don't know if you got to see this run or not, but this kid looked like a man amongst boys. His balance straight up and down. He was he he, he juked. He juked three defenders on three different spots of the field, totally different spots in the field, Mike. He juked them, got them out of their shoes, and bam, went on to a touchdown. I don't want to make too much of it because I see that Buffalo run schedule, and it is brutal. Let me read this schedule to you right off the bat. Miami, Green Bay, New England, New York Jets, Jacksonville, and Baltimore to start the year. That is brutal. So if you can hang on to Spiller, the problem is right now, if you didn't draft him early, his ADP is already now going to go through the roof. He's one of these guys that come September, he's going to be one of these fifth-round, early fourth-round type guys that people are going to try to get lightning in a bottle. Uh, now, if you were able to get him in the sixth and keep him in your garage and start somebody else until he really gets those matchups and play those matchups, I think that's the way you draft C.J. Spiller. But I don't know how you can pay that kind of a fourth-round price on him right now. Well, right now it'd be it'd be very risky to uh, take C.J. Spiller. I mean, uh, let's face it, the Toronto uh, Bills are, uh, you know, they're they're working process and uh, they've they've got so many things going on. Uh, you know, with Jackson being hurt, uh, who's going to be the starting quarterback? Uh, the Toronto Bills, I mean, they've got a lot going on. So, uh, you know, C.J. Spiller is a bright. It's a bright, it's a bright spot for that organization and for that team. So, Mike, Mike, what you, what you call the Bills? Toronto. It's the Toronto Bills, right? All right, 
The buzzer meter is high for one Michael Tramp from Brandenburg, Kentucky. Let's move on. Wes Welker looks good to go. Uh, last night, his stock his stock is skyrocketing, Mike, uh, from an early fourth-round pick in both of the main events, the FFPC, the World Championship. Both of these contests, Welker's going in the fourth round. This is another guy that you're going to see go in the third round. Just mark it down. He'll be a third-round pick when it comes to September, and there's not a lot of anybody. Back. Yeah, he looked great last night. I mean, he looked great last night. They gave him the ball uh, three times, and uh, he looked he looked he looked awesome. Yeah, it it looks like it's back to the old days for uh, for Brady and Welker, Brady and Moss. It's uh it's it's back to things as usual uh, for Bill Belichick, and you know Moss at the eight pick there. Listen, Mike, we were talking before we went on the air about this eight pick in the draft, and everybody's saying, okay, well the first six are solid. The seven pick, we kind of think there's Randy Moss right now. He's kind of slotted in that spot because it's a no-brainer. Uh, I know some people are afraid of uh, Darrell Revis in week 13. I, I'm, I'm one of those guys. If you draft Randy Moss at seven, you better be prepared for week 13 in a money game where if, if Revis is in camp, if Revis is in town, you know, that might not look pretty. But yep. the number eight spot is now the tough spot. What do you do with the eight pick? And, and Mike, you were saying you hated it. Well, you know what? I didn't like it one bit because uh, I, Andre Johnson, he fell into my lap at number eight, and uh, Randy Moss went right behind me. Uh, but, you know, I'd rather have Andre Johnson than Randy Moss. And then I, I wheel back around, and I'm looking at, uh, man, I should probably go ahead and take a running back, but Roddy White was there. So do I take Roddy White, Rashard Mendenhall, uh, Noshaw Marino? I mean, those three. And I you know, I had to go ahead and take Roddy White. So that eight spot, I really don't like it because that that just kind of handcuffs you as far as uh, who are you going to. I mean, you better take a wide receiver or running back, a stud wide receiver running back in round one. In round two, you better counter. So in round well, three, I'm, I'm stuck with a, a running back like Joseph Adai. So I don't know. Well, the fact that you're taking Joseph Adai in the third, I'm, uh, you know, you're – you're taking him higher than where he's going right now. He's in the mid-fifth right now. He is going late fourth at this point. And I think Joe Adai's stock will continue to rise and merit a third-round pick, but I don't think you'll have to pay it. He's the steal of the draft, in my opinion, right now. If you if you guys saw him last night, he's still the same Joe Adai. You'll look at your draft board in September after the Sunday games, and you'll say, Okay, why did I pass on Joe Adai? He just lit Houston up for uh, 17 carries, 85 yards, a touchdown, and uh, five catches for 35 yards. You're going to look back and say, what did I let him go to the eighth round for uh, or the fifth round? And, you know, I don't think he'll make it to the fifth come Vegas. I think he'll be back up. He'll be climbing all these next couple of weeks here up into the fourth round. Um, I think I think it's one of those uh, steals of the draft. But I want to stick on his eight pick, Mike. The eight spot um, – I drew it in the World Championship of Fantasy Football Super Satellite League that I'll be participating in here in a couple of weeks. I love Miles Austin in the eighth spot, and I'm not afraid to say it. Miles Austin, it took five games for Tony Romo to see what he had in Miles Austin. And if you remember that game, it was 10 catches for 250 yards. Uh, This kid does it all. He has the side. He has the speed. 
you know, you bring in some additional talent to that team, it's not going to do anything but make it easier for Miles Austin to succeed. The main thing here, Mike, is he has Tony Romo's trust, and that's huge in that offense. It's going to get a ton of carry, a ton of opportunities to work. And uh, I'll take Miles Austin at the eight pick all day long. I'm hoping that the person who is drafting at seven does not hear this and continues to let him take. I will take him because I do not want any part of Larry Fitzgerald, who we're going to talk about next. Mike, Miles Austin at eight, man, that's the play. Well, you know, Scott, I agree and disagree. I, I don't mind that pick, but then again, uh, what I'm seeing out of uh, Dallas's offense is they're going to try to run the ball a little bit more, a little bit more than what they uh, normally do. Uh, Miles Austin, uh, he's going to be doubled, and I don't know who. Uh, I mean, his RAC run after catch is unbelievable. That's what separates him from a lot of guys. So, I, you know, I can't blame you for taking him that high, but I wouldn't do it. Well, look, I don't have anything to hide here. If you're listening to Red versus Blue, you know who I like. If, if, if you're if you're drafting against me, but bring it on, bring it on. Let's let's, let's take it up a notch. We've got Larry Fitzgerald in the discussion for a lot of guys at the late part of the first, early part of the second. And, Mike, I want to I throw out two names to you because and – and I want the Red versus Blue crew to hear these two names and let them resonate a little bit, okay? Two names for Larry Fitzgerald just to think about. You ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> Josh McCown and John Navarre. Do those two names ring a bell? Back in 2005, Larry Fitzgerald was the number two wide receiver overall. I think Bolden was right there as well. John Navarre, in the one game of action that he went to war with Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald caught six balls for 85 yards and a touchdown. 20-point game. Josh McCown had five games, Mike. Josh McCown had five games with Larry Fitzgerald. You want to hear the stat lines? Here we go. Five for 93 in a touchdown. Six for 80 in a touchdown. Four for 71 in a touchdown. Seven for 102 in a touchdown. Nine for 136 in a touchdown. Wow. That's so, well, let's just talk about that for a second. Listen, Larry Fitzgerald makes things happen. The quarterback doesn't have to do a lot here. The quarterback just has to throw the ball, get rid of it, have the offensive line protect him long enough for Fitz to get out there and go, and he'll jump up and get the ball, and he'll beat the corner for the ball. Now, having said that, it's not all about Matt Leiner, and I'll just play devil's advocate here, it's not just about Matt Leiner. There are major, major changes going on with that offense in Arizona. Kurt Warner says tonight, it's not just Matt Leiner, but the, the entire coaching philosophy is changing in Arizona. They are they are working towards an improved ground attack, and, and you're not having the, you know, 350, 400-yard type performances that you did when Arizona had Marcel Ship running the ball. You have two legitimate running backs and a running back by committee right now with, with, with um, uh, yeah, yeah well, you, got, you got Hightower, Hightower and Beanie Wells, sorry. And yeah. so you got, you've got Beanie Wells now being drafted, what, late? You know, early fourth because people are scared of him uh, because they don't know what's going to happen. I, I've seen him fall. I've seen him continue to fall into that category. And you know I, I just, I'll, 
yeah, I've seen I've seen Wells fall a little bit, and I've seen Hightower go up. So, you know, that's nobody knows different. what this. Yeah, and it is. It's tough. It's tough to dra- to draft somebody when the coaching staff says that Hightower is still the starter. Okay, I get that and all. Um, but Chris Wells has a lot of. Uh, he will have his opportunity this year. It's going to be interesting to see what he does with it. And if you could get Chris Wells in the fifth round, uh, he's one of those last running backs that you know is the belt. Uh, you know, you're starting that tier of running backs that's, that are in complete timeshares. Reggie Bush, Ahmad Bradshaw, Jonathan Stewart, Felix Jones, all these guys that are in these big timeshares. That's why I'm really like, I'm really enjoying seeing all these running back by committee guys in these fifth and sixth rounds. Look, I've been a proponent for taking my stud running backs early. Most of my drafts, if you've watched them, Mike, I'm, I'm going out of there right out of the gate with two running backs in the first three rounds, and I'm not playing that running back by committee game that everybody else is having to play. I'm still getting three solid wide receivers. Listen to this FPC draft that I got of last week. Frank Gore and D'Angelo Williams in the first two rounds. Deshaun Jackson, Sidney Rice, Hakeem Nix, obviously some questions with Rice. And then I take my running back by committee guys with Spiller, Barber, and Bush. Now, I granted D'Angelo Williams is in a committee. I, looking back in hindsight, I would have rather had the guts to take Ryan Matthews. I love Ryan Matthews this year. He's climbing on my board. I know you're very high on him, Mike, and I'll let you yeah. speak on Ryan Matthews. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm very high on Ryan Matthews, but it just depends on your slot and where, where you're positioned. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's become a time to where uh, the wide receivers, there's a ton of wide receivers out there, Scott. There is no, there's no reason to panic. Uh, you can go wide receive or, or I mean, running back, uh, quarterback, tight end. I mean, you can wait on them wide receivers. That's just the way I'm seeing these drafts going. Uh, but yes, I'm very high on Ryan Matthews. Uh, if you uh, hear the podcast on Red versus Blue, uh, probably six months ago, I said something different. I said something totally different, but. Right now, I'm very high on Ryan Matthews, and I'm very high on uh, the way they're using him in preseason. Yeah, and we're talking about it in the chat room right now because Ryan Matthews' stock has risen so high, he's in the discussion after those elite wide receivers are gone. Once you've seen uh, Brandon Marshall off the board, Greg Jennings off the board, uh, and you're getting into that tier of Deshaun Jackson, Marquez Colston, that's about the the spot where you're looking at a Ryan Matthews. So, you know, I don't want to get into to much of Ryan Matthews tonight. Let me, let me move on to a couple other guys we got to hit on because we're running short on time tonight. Bradshaw looks like the starter. Sixth round ADP right now. His stock is going to continue to rise. Don't expect to get Ahmad Bradshaw in the sixth round. If you watch Monday night, he came out with the starters. I think that's a, a thing, a sign of the times here. Bradshaw is going to be the guy in New York. Another name I want to bring up is Johnny Knox, Mike. His stock has been skyrocketing. He w- he's been going in the fifth round. He was going in the eighth, the seventh, the sixth. Now the fifth round, listen, I think the Knox hype is getting a little bit out of hand. I love Johnny Knox. I think he has Steve Smith-type potential and star power. But these wide receivers for the Bears are really killing each other right now with Hester and Aroma Shadu. They're just kind of killing each other's stock. I, I don't see how you can put – one in the fifth round. Right. You know, I mean, that's pretty high for Johnny Knox. And, uh, you know, especially with that offense, I, you know, I'm not sold on that offense. Um, 
So, uh, you know, I can't see Johnny Knox being that high. Uh, Aroma should do. Uh, I see Aroma should do a little bit higher than Johnny Knox. But uh, And what's happened to Matt Forte? Uh, you know, that whole offense, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of ability there. But can they – what's going to change from last year to this year? And they're going to have to show me something. Yeah, that's another name. There's, there's some support for him in the chat room, though, so if you want to pick their brain, get in on the chat room right now and talk with the guys. These are high-stakes players, some of the very best in the industry. Arian Foster is another name that's climbing up draft boards right now, Mike. He's already made his way up to the sixth round in draft, and now he's creeping up. Uh, you know, he, he's mid-sixth round, early sixth round potential here for Arian Foster. Uh, Mike, it's another guy you can get – Arian Foster in the sixth, you could wait for Slayton in the tenth. It just depends who you like there, but those two guys are two to watch because now with the injury to Ben Tate, the rookie, he's now injured and put on IR for the year. This is a major, major opportunity for a Houston running. We all remember, we all remember Dominic Davis in that offense uh, for Houston. All the dink passes and you know being an elite, elite running back for Houston. Still the same offense, and Arian Foster is primed. He's a very solid back to get him in the sixth round. Mike, would you take him over a Marion Barber or a uh, Jerome Harrison? No, no, no. I would, I would not take Arian Foster right now. I guess I'm being old school. Uh, uh, the, the, the only problem with uh, Steve Slayton was he fumbled, 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 and he does a lot. He did a lot of different things, but he was trying to. Uh, Trying to change the things uh, that he trying to correct his problems, and uh, what happened here is uh, Ben Tate, you know, he got hurt, and uh, I I think Steve Slayton. I said on a couple shows ago, uh, Steve Slayton is going to be a breakout breakout year. He's the comeback player of the year in fantasy football. Steve Slayton's a guy. Uh, we're talking about the Indianapolis Colts in the in the red versus blue chat room. Uh, they're talking about Garcon. They're, they're, they're talking. We, we've got to talk about Dallas Clark later. There's a lot of Colts news going on in the chat room. Jamal Charles and Sean Green, Mike, two backs that are falling in drafts right now. Jamal Charles is plummeting. If you remember, there's a couple of guys. Taz is one of them. Jim Day, Fantasy Taz. Give us a call, buddy. Uh, you, you know where to reach us. Listen, Jamal Charles, his value, I was seeing him going in the late first. Early second, mid-second, early third, mid-third. Mike, he continues to fall. Thomas Jones has been named the starter. Dexter McCluster is stealing carries in Wildcat. Jamal Charles is like, what happened? To, I, I was a superstar last year, and now where's the faith in me? I was, I was patting the rock for you guys. I was doing it all. And you bring in Thomas Jones, you pay him, and now you got McCluster. What, what is, where does this leave Jamal Charles? Jamal Charles is just fine. I mean, he'll be okay with that offense once uh, once everything gets uh, running and going. I mean, where's Thomas Jones going to be in, uh, say, uh, three months from now? He's going to be hurt, banged up. Well, no, I'll take that back because Thomas Jones is always uh, he's reliable. But uh, uh, Jamal Charles, he'll be fine. Uh, there's no uh, there's no problem there because again. Well, where are you taking? Let's get the let's, let's get the bases. Let's cut the chatter. Where are you taking? Do you taking over Ryan Grant? Uh, Jamal Charles. I take Jamal Charles uh, probably mid second right now. 
Okay, well, you're you're still high on him. You you are you are still a believer. You're still a Jamal Charles believer. Oh, that's right. I dealt him to you in the dynasty yeah. league. So you you are a little biased there. You do have Jamal Charles on your on your radar. I'll tell you, Miss. Hey, would you? Well, now you got to realize that's uh, dynasty league. I, would you take Jamal Charles or uh, Sean Green right now in dynasty league? Oh well, it's a that's a good question, man. It's, it's two talented backs. I like Sean Green really? myself. I think, I think in the Jets defense, you got one more year with LT. That's Sean Green's team. I think Sean Green RB. Let's move on to Cedric Benson, Mike. Cedric Benson, talk about a big game tonight. Uh, very involved in the offense with receptions galore. Uh, you've got the injury to Bernie Scott today, who I really thought could be a interesting factor in that Cincinnati Bengal offense. He left the game with a shoulder injury. We'll have to find out how bad that is. But Cedric Benson being drafted late, man. He's been drafted late fourth. And now I don't think there's any way that's going to happen again. He's going to be one of these mid-third type guys again. Uh, Cedric Benson, the value in the cat, if if, if, if it, the cat, I think the cat after, after the night is out of the bank. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt, Scott. Uh, Cedric Benson, he's moved up quite a bit uh, in the last uh, couple weeks, and he should have. Uh, the guy, the guy's solid. Uh, he's found his home in Cincinnati, and uh, you know, just gets things done. Uh, with uh, Carson Palmer's going to be able to, you know, have fun with uh, uh, Chad Ochocinco and uh, Terrell Owens, and if uh, you know. If, the, if these guys can keep everything together, uh, you better watch it because Cedric Benson, he can get 100 yards game, and uh, you better watch. His PPR is going to be weak. That's the only thing about Cedric Benson. He's not going to catch too many passes out of the backfield. But other than that, I mean, he's he's good to go. All right, well, we've done a lot of player prognostication here. Look, there's a couple of leagues that I want to, I want to tell everybody about. The NFFC has the ultimate league. They announced their 14-team format and their drafters. They did their uh, slots, their draft slots this week. This is a $5,000 entry fee, $40,000 to first place, $15,000 to second, $7,500 for third, 92.5% payout. Number one, who drew the number one hole? Jonathan Luff. Number two, Amy Weisfogel. Number three, Glenn Schroeder, who won $150,000. Last year in fantasy football, he was on our program a few weeks back. Number four, Mark Moyer, one of the best draft master drafters there is. Number five, Asa Alexander. Number six, Chad Schroeder, who won 75000 playing the FFPC. Number seven, Jules McClain, the first lady of fantasy football, Jules McClain from FantasyFreakingFootball.com. Number eight, Matt Bunn. Number nine, Paul Klein. Number ten, Joe Berg. Number 11, Brian Zeed. Number 12, Joe Jefferson. You see this name everywhere. Number 13, Peter Barral. And number 14, Chris Schinker. That's the NFFC Ultimate League. It'll be a fun league to watch. Third round reversal. So, Mike, you know what that means. They go 1 to 14, back from 14 to 1, and then come back to the 14 pick for round 3. It's interesting to note, with third round reversal, the guys like the top four picks still. The guys still wanted to be in the top four picks, so they like the they like the first round picks getting that running back. They don't mind being at the end of the second, and then they don't mind being at the end of the third. You know why, Mike? Because they like where they're at at the beginning of the fourth. That puts yeah. them at picks forty three through forty six. If you look at your draft, 
that is somewhere at the end of the fourth round, mid to, mid to end fourth round. They like where that spot's at a whole lot better than where they they want to be in the in the in the fifth. They like those first round picks. They like those first couple of backs. Very interesting to note that those players are paying that type of money for a league. Uh, it's just incredible, Mike. Could you ever see yourself ponying up five thousand dollars? Well, uh, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> But uh, you know, I think it's I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, that's that's real high stakes, and that's uh, the way to do it. And uh, you know, to, to get uh, different draft values and and to look at the way you want to do it, uh, I think it's pretty cool. All right, that's a fourteen team entry too. It's very competitive. Next week, Mike, we are in. Uh, we are we are hosting the live. Big play by play, pick by pick commentary draft for the big payback. Now, the big, pay, the big Payback Satellite is a fantastic league. It gives somebody a chance to, to enter the actual Big Payback Draft, which is another $5,000 entry league, over at myffpc.com, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, David Allen's run that league, and it's the Big Payback Draft. It's one of those big 92% payback leagues. Uh, Mike, this is a fantastic draft. We have a lot of fun with it. We're going to be announcing pick-by-pick, pick-by-draft-pick, the strategy, if you if you don't want your strategy out it, then you shouldn't have signed up because we're going to look at it. We're going to tell you who we think you should draft. We're going to tell you who, who the guy is on your radar. It, it might call out a name. You might lose the chance at him. Too bad. That's yeah. what it is. When you, when you want to be in the big time and you want to be in the lights, this is what it's all about. Now, let me run down this lineup because our very own Tommy Yates won the big payback satellite last year, and he'll be sitting at the big payback this year in Las Vegas. All the other guys ponied up $5,000 to be there, while our very own Tommy Yates, he paid $500 to be in this league last year, and now he's sitting with the big dogs with a chance at $25,000 top prize plus an additional $10,000 for being, or an additional $5,000 for being seed one or seed two, an additional two $5,000 prize. So you can win up to $30,000 in that league, Mike, he could win thirty thousand for a five hundred dollar entry fee. All he had to do is beat 12, eleven other guys, and now all he has to do again is beat eleven more. That's it. Go, Tom. Good luck. He does it. Let's run down this lineup. Number one, the number one pick is John Haskell. He's got to be thinking Chris Johnson. Number two is Wayne Ferguson. Uh, he's got to be thinking uh, Adrian Peterson, MJD, or Ray Rice here. Darren Armani from Fantasy Mojo is three. Jeff Tirabasi is four. Cornfins, you know who Cornfins has been. I've been watching Cornfins drafts the last couple of weeks in these FPCs. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag tonight, but I've seen the receivers he's been targeting, and it's the same receivers every single draft. Number five is Tommy Yates, our returning champion, thinking and hoping maybe Andre Johnson or Frank Gore. There's no way he goes Larry Fitzgerald. That's what he, that's what he would like to do, being a big Pittsburgh guy. Number six is Mike Bronte, Invictus. Number seven, Tom Fun. Number eight, Billy Wasoski. Billy Waz in the house. Number nine, Daryl Bomber, one of our friends. Number ten, Les Sandlin, the Sandman. Number eleven, Kip Lockwood. Uh, he's part of the Fantasy Players Association. And number twelve, our good friend from Vegas, uh, well, I'm sorry, from Texas, Jeff Gill. He was the winner of the AFFL Grand Prize last year, Mike. He is the one that is heading up the lawsuit against the AFFL, unfortunately, for failure to pay 
their winner. So we root for Jeff uh, inherently uh, in this draft. So Mike, there's your lineup, the 12 that will be representing the big payback, ABBP, the satellite draft, next Friday Night Live. Don't miss it. It's a special three-hour show on Red vs. Blue. Mike, that should be a lot yeah. of fun. That's what I was going to say, Scott. That's going to be a... Uh... That's going to be a big show. We're going to we're going to run three hours and uh, just run through every pick. And uh, you know, I I can't wait. I'm going to keep track of every single one of them because uh, all uh, all these participants are uh, I mean they're solid. It's it's good as it gets. So uh, I can't wait for it. Do not draft list for me this year, Mike. I think it's a real important concept to have a do not draft list, regardless of value. A lot of people get carried away in value and looking at at the rounds. Uh, you know, do not draft guys for me. Period. I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with a couple of running backs. Uh, Ronnie Brown is on my do not draft list. I refuse to draft him. Look at this brutal schedule. After the easy Week One game, look, you will see Ronnie Brown do well Week One against Buffalo. Why? Because everybody runs on Buffalo. After that, Minnesota, New York Jets, New England Patriots, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Baltimore. Look. That's seven of his first eight games are brutal. Do not you know, draft Ryan. Right. That, that would be that would be perfect, uh, you know, for a for a show is uh, do not draft. Uh, who do you? There's no way you're going to draft Ronnie Brown. That that that's your one. I, I like that. Yeah. Number two, who I will not draft. You will not see on any of my teams. Lawrence Maroney. Now, a lot of people think that Lawrence oh. Maroney is super pick. A lot of people say, you know what, 10th, 11th round, let me take a flyer on Lawrence Maroney. Here's the problem with Lawrence Maroney. Regardless of how good this guy does, regardless of what type of potential he has, you will never know. Let me repeat that. You will never know what Bill Belichick plans to do. He could, Maroney could rush for 150 yards and two touchdowns when he steps on the field against Buffalo in week three and you're riding high. Week four, he'll get... Eight carries, Sammy Morris, Fred Taylor, Kevin Falk. Uh, who else is going to run the ball? Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, or maybe just Tom Brady just decided he's not going to run it at all. That's the type of player you get with Lawrence Maroney. You get unpredictability with Bill Belichick. No thanks. He's on my do not draft list. You know what? I've said this about New England's offense uh, for years. Uh, New England has always been on my do not draft list with the exception of uh, Tom Brady. I, you know, because you don't know. Uh, Randy Moss, uh, uh, he could have a huge game. Wes Welker, huge game. Uh, you know, and, and like you said, Lawrence Maroney, huge game. But then again, the next week, it could be awful. It could be awful. But uh, I I still disagree with you because I think Lawrence Maroney is going to make a major impact on New England's offense this year. Well, Time will tell, Mike. Time will tell. It's it's one of those things where Bill Belichick is calling the shots. I don't think Maroney has a lot of choice in the matter. Let's talk about team construction for a second, Mike. It's a very overlooked uh, discussion topic here on the airwaves of red versus blue. We don't talk about it enough, but in private, I have a lot of conversations about team construction with very respected high-stakes players. And, Mike, I don't know, I feel like I'm in bizarre world right now. Like, there's tornadoes happening all around me. I don't understand. It's like the laws of fantasy football just don't apply anymore. Like, we're bending physics and, and the, the wormhole here that we're going through. Every draft I'm looking at, I'm seeing half the teams in the league taking not only a quarterback, 
but they're taking, or not only a tight end, but they're taking a quarterback and a tight end early. Yeah. They're yep. taking them both. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that too, Scott. And, you know, it's just uh, the things have changed. Our dress has changed. Uh, the whole thing has changed. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was thinking about going uh, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, and then around five, seeing what happens. Well, here's my point. The World Championship of Fantasy Football requires five skill position players at least, two running backs, three wide receivers, and at least, and one more potential every single week. The Fantasy Football Players Championship, same, they require two running backs, two receivers, and two more positions. Now, that means every single week, four to five players have to come from running back and wide receiver. Mike, how many have to come from tight end? One. One. Okay. How many have to come from quarterback? One. That's right. So most of these leagues, NFFC as well, I'll throw them in here in this discussion as well because they're, they're, they're required five. Listen, these high-stakes players are waiting for you to do this. They're waiting for you to take your quarterback and tight end early. Now, one you can see. One you can take a step on. But if you take both, quarterback and tight end, you can forget it. You're, you're asking yourself to basically be and nail every single pick in your top eight or nine picks, and it's just not going to happen. That's not what fantasy football is all about. If you've been around long enough, you know that you're going to look back on your draft and some of those picks you're going to miss due to injuries, flat-out misses. Like, hold on one second. And then you've got matchups, and then you've got bye weeks. You've got to win these high-stakes leagues. You don't have – you can't be a 6-5 and team or a 7-4 and team and get into the playoffs unless you've got just a hellacious amount of points scored. So these wins are very important, Mike. And if you're sitting around and, and you're thinking that your Marion Barber is going to carry you this year, and you're going to look at the schedule and you're going to say, okay, well, he plays Washington this week. Do I start Marion Barber against Washington? Do I start Marion Barber against Minnesota? Do I start him against Green Bay? See, I don't know. Yeah, Dude. Scott, what you need to do is you need to draft the quarterback very high. I'm I'm looking at this. I'm I'm looking very hard at this. Drafting one of the solid three quarterbacks very high. Okay, well, I don't, I don't know how that applies to this discussion. We're, I'm talking about teams who take a quarterback and a tight end in their first six rounds. They take two positions out of their first six rounds. And they're going to have to fill five positions every single week. So I'm not talking about – I'm not talking – I mean, I get the whole running back by committee thing. You know, if you're, going to, if you're going to get a running back by committee guy in the third, well, you can get a running back by committee guy in the sixth or seventh. I get that. But you're going to have to survive the bye weeks. You've got to survive the bad matchups. And you have to survive injuries. There's three key components, not only injuries, not only matchups, not only bye weeks, but you've got to be right about the player, too. So if you're right about the player, you have to survive all those other things. So the first thing is, are you right about the player, yes or no? If you're not, the other things don't apply. If you are right about the player and he's good, you've still got to survive matchups, you've still got to survive bye weeks, and then you've still got to survive injuries and have somebody ready to go in the event that happens. Right, right. And I, I totally agree. I, you know, you've you got to have somebody in place uh, no matter what happens. Uh, but, uh, 
you know, to take a chance on a quarterback uh, at tight end, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm tempted to do this. I'm tempted to uh, take a chance on a quarterback tight end. And then because, like I said earlier in the show, the wide receivers, they're going to fill in. It's the running backs that, that, that I got a problem with. The running backs, you better get them, and you better get them quick. Well, yeah, if you if you want a guy, a bell cow for your offense, you better get your running back quick. Now, however, you know, I look I look at a guy like Michael Bush, and I'm like, this is your bell cow. I look at a guy like Arian Foster, and I say, this is your bell cow. I see bell cows. I look at, you know, not, not I'm not high on Jerome Harrison, but I think he's I think he's your bell cow. Okay, I see bell cows being drafted late. I just don't see a lot of, uh, you know, I see a lot of running back by committee guys being going. I see Matt Forte in the fifth. Do you really think Chester Taylor is going to take that much? Maybe so. I'm not. I'm not here to debate it. But the, the question is, are you going to be able to fill a lineup that you feel really good about every week, or are you going to be just playing the nightmare matchups every single week? If you're starting the wrong guys, you're putting them on the bench. You, you know, this is an up and down. I like to have my guys that I can count on. That's a real important aspect in fantasy football: getting your lineup, getting it locked in. And look, this is the year, guys. Wait on your quarterback. If you're listening, to Red versus Blue. Wait on your quarterback. You can get Philip Rivers in the ninth round. You can get Jake Fuller. There was a guy got him at nine two the other night. You can get Brett Favre in the ninth or tenth. Eli Manning. These are guys that you could count on, you know, to to put up four thousand yards. So I just there's you know, no, look you there's have no to be reason to hurry up with there's no reason to hurry up with the quarterback, Scott. I I mean I've I've I did two of them today and I've done a couple of them. Uh, there is no reason to get uh, all antsy about the quarterback unless, you know, it's six, it's six points uh, per touchdown. But, you know, still, even though there's no way I'm going to get anxious about a uh, quarterback right now. Yep. Well, and again, if if, if, I, if the right value falls into my lap, you know, Tom Brady in the sixth, Peyton Manning in the fifth, something like that, Romo maybe in the fifth, I'll do it, Okay. I'll understand value at those points, but for the most part, you know, if that doesn't happen, I'm waiting on my quarterback. And because bottom line is this: if you like Aaron Rodgers, like a lot of us do, and you see special season, you know, in store for Aaron Rodgers, like a lot of us do, the, the problem is this: you have to nail it. He has to be number one. He has no margin for error, no injuries, nothing. He has to be number one. To, to be worth that second or third round pick. So just be very, very careful. Guys, we've got the big payback draft next week. Mike and I had conflicts with the National Fantasy Football Championship uh, with, the, with the weekend of those drafts. This week they announced you can draft early. I'm thinking about grabbing two teams, man. I'm thinking about grabbing two teams and drafting them uh, and getting away, maybe doing an online draft. So the NFFC, we're about 24 hours away from finding out if we're going to be involved. Thanks to everybody for listening to Red vs. Blue. We'll be back next week. Mike Trent will be back next week with me. We'll be announcing the big payback satellite draft live on Red vs. Blue for three special hours. Mike, good luck in the local league draft, buddy. You're going to need it. Thank you, bud. Yeah. It's been a ride. I guess I had to go to that place to get to this one. Now, some of you... Might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, follow me. I'll continue. You can try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay them. But you won't take the thing out these words before I say them. 
Cause ain't no way I'm gonna let you stop me from causing man When I say I'm gonna do something, I do it I don't give a damn what you think I'm doing this for me So the world be the team Just catch up if you think you're stopping me I'ma be what I set out to be Without a doubt, I'm tired of bleeding All the food is down on me I'm tearing down your balcony No way fans the bus I'm trying to ask him why, how can he From infinite down to the last relapsed album He's still f***ing whether he's on salary Paid hourly until he piles out of reach Just piles out of him Whichever comes first For better or worse He's married to the game Like a f*** you for Christmas His gift is a curse Forget the earth He's got the earth to pull it And the rhythm for you to know it's the rap You said you was king, you lied through your teeth But that your feelings Instead of getting crown, you're getting capped Instead of fans, I'll never let you down again I'm back, I promise to never go back on that promise In fact, let's be honest At last, relax, CD was there Perhaps I ran the maxims into the ground Relax, I ain't going back to that now All I'm trying to say is get back, click, clack, blah Cause I ain't playing around It's a game called circle and I don't know how I'll wait you up, get back down Feel me. 